This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by HCJ Contacts. Right. So welcome, 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 HGG.tax. We do these live stream. I was going to say we do it every week, but we've been a bit delinquent because we've been going through tax season like many people. So we've had to stagger a bit. So it's been a while. It's, I think it's been a month or so since our last one. Welcome. So for those who've been asking, I've, I've seen all your emails, but unfortunately I've not been able to respond to everyone and I apologize. So those who did ask, yes, I did see that some of you need to, to leave and you're not going to be able to stay for the entire thing. It is being recorded. It is being recorded. So where would it be available? Being on website, heg.tax, as well as on Facebook, on about probably about 25 platforms. So basically, wherever you're going to get your favorite podcast, you're going to find this. We publish it, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. And uh, so... Don't worry about that. You will be able to see it if you have to leave early. You sent lots of questions. Some of you sent super detailed questions. They were well received, but it's unlikely we'll be able to get through all of those questions. So, and for that, we do apologize again. So, but we'll be able to get through as many as we can. Do keep in mind that we're all licensed professionals here. So of course we need to give the usual disclaimer Nothing we say here should be construed as advice. We're having a general conversation about general principles. And what we hope we would do is equip you guys with the tools that you would need to engage with your preferred team of advisors. So always seek professional advice. Always seek professional advice, okay? And again, I see some of you have just joined. Yes, this is being recorded. If you do not want your video to appear, you just need to switch your camera off. Otherwise, you'd be visible on the recording as well. If you've asked a question, if you send the email, I have seen your email, so you don't need to type it again below. If you did not get a chance to submit your question via email, feel free to type in the box below and time permitting, we will get to them in the order in which they receive. So without further ado, I will introduce our two very distinguished guests. I'll start <laughs> with on my left, Andreas. Hi, Darren. How are you doing? A pleasure to be here. Uh, and hi. Great, great to be here indeed. Fantastic. And Aurelio? Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Very excited about this opportunity. Okay. All right. So, without further ado, let's jump in. So, let's see. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, this person, well, Steve has two questions. One, on the migration side and one on the taxes side. So Steve is asking, migration side, can a US resident and citizen visit his or her spouse and family in Spain who are Spanish citizens and residents for more than 90 days in the Schengen zone, the 90, 180-day rule, but less than 183 days in a calendar year? And he has in brackets that Spanish tax residency rule is around 183 days, okay, without becoming a tax resident in Spain. So uh, that that's the first question. Uh, Aurelio? 
Yeah, in, in Spain, you become a tax resident of Spain uh, only if you spend more than 183 days during the calendar year, or if the center of all your economic interest in, is in Spain. Otherwise, you are not considered to be a resident. There is also an assumption that you are a resident in Spain if your uh, spouse and your, and your children under the legal age, they are resident of Spain, but this assumption can be rebated. I mean, it admits approval from the country. And even if you are considered to be a resident for tax purposes in Spain, because you, want, you meet uh, one of these two requirements that I said before, if you are considered mm -hmm. to be a resident in another country, following the internal rules applicable in that country, then this conflict of double tax residency uh, will be solved, pursuant to the double tax treaty signed between Spain and the, and the other country, in case if it existed. Spain has a very a very wide uh, treaty network, so in most of the cases they will exist. So this conflict will be solved, pursuant to the to the treaty. Mm. Right. So basically, you go through the the test or the indices in the tax treaty that speak to where's the closer connection, whether it be in the U.S. or in Spain. Exactly. Yeah. But having said that, I'm just adding to this, you know, Spain does have a reputation for being a tad aggressive. And of course, we all remember uh, what's going on with Shakira, right? So in the sense that <laughs> Spain does play hardball. So, you know, generally speaking, uh, in a situation like this, uh, any what, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, without knowing the specific, is it something to avoid, you know, if if it is that you really want to avoid taxation in Spain? Uh, probably you want to keep mm -hmm. your wife and kids out of? What, what are your thoughts? No, I would say that uh, it kind of depends. I think that you need to do things right. Otherwise, yeah. tax can be very burdensome, not only in Spain, but in any other country. Mm -hmm. Spain now, we are in a situation that Spain is looking to attract, uh, let's say, um, people to, to Spain to become tax residents in Spain in order to, 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 um, to create some growth in the Spanish market because we have seen an opportunity due to the pandemic and the remote working to attract mm -hmm. interesting people into the Spanish territory. Mm -hmm. So now Spain is creating and is implementing new tax rules that are basically aimed uh, at attracting talent into Spain with uh, quite, let's say, good tax system. So yeah, in Spain, we have the general rules and we have this special tax regime, which is quite mm -hmm. attractive. If you become tax resident of Spain and you apply under this special tax regime, the so-called Beckham regime, mm -hmm. you will be, I would say, in a very good tax position. So mm -hmm. yeah, it depends. You have to do things right. Absolutely. Think, absolutely. Go ahead, Andres. Uh, Sorry, there and, and and adding to that a really interesting thing of that it is um that the Beckham law and the Beckham regime, uh, of course, I mean you have to apply of that once you have become tax resident in the country, uh, tax um sorry, civil resident in the country. And it is part at the end of the day of uh, of our work and our expertise here at, at Henley and Partners. So Lerio was mentioning, I mean, Spain is creating the conditions to um, you know, attract foreign uh, foreign direct investment to attract digital nomads. That, depending on how this, their work situation, depending how they are moved to Spain, is that big mm -hmm. and that impetuous regime that can uh, that can be added. So I think that there are 
good opportunities for those remote workers to look after that impetuous regime that Aurelio from from EY it is uh, it is mentioning, but as well, you know, for those um, individuals that they are looking to relocate into Spain, you know, with a with a golden visa, for example, um, you know, at the end of the day, you need to get either a work permit, or you need to get a residence here in Spain or in any other country, and then you become at the end of the day a, a tax resident. So it is uh, there are really good conditions, you know, this year in Aurelio, uh certainly is an expert in the field and and can can speak. Quite a lot about that. Mm. I definitely want to echo those sentiments. I mean, hands down, especially given uncertainty in other jurisdictions. Uh, I think Spain has emerged as uh, a, a, a place where there is clarity and there is certainty. And from a tax point of view, it is hard to find something that's more attractive uh, <clears throat> than, of course, the, the Beckham Law, which you, you mentioned, as well as the, the Nomad Visa and so on, mm. which we'll get into later. Uh, just to go back to questions from Steve so he's asking and this one might be a bit unfair because it'll be hard if you if you're not looking at the tax treaty every day but he's asking is interest income from a U.S. bank taxed at the fixed rate of 10 percent in Spain and he's referencing the double tax treaty do you recall or is that something we'd probably have to go away and take a look at I have to double check, which mm -hmm. is the limit. I mean, in the state of source, I mean, mm -hmm. Spain will tax. Mm -hmm. I mean, assuming that it is an individual that is collecting those interests in Spain, uh, mm -hmm. interests are taxed at a, at a scale from yeah. nine, 19 percent to 28 percent, and Spain allows to credit the withholding tax applicable in the U.S. with the limit of the tax that should have been applicable in Spain, meaning that if push onto the treaty, the limit is 10%, the mm -hmm. uh, US will holding tax. Spain will likely uh, allow you to deduct that tax from the, from the, from your personal income tax. Okay, understood. Is, so he has two more questions, one on social security, and this is one that is quite common as well. I'm sure you get this all the time. US social security benefits, how are they taxed by Spain? I mean, it, it, it depends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> depends. Uh, I mean, if you are under yeah. the special tax regime, Spain is not going to tax uh, that uh, social security benefits. Mm -hmm. If you, uh, because I mean, uh, I haven't uh, haven't said it before, but under this uh, the Spanish um, Beckham regime, this is special tax regime, Spain only taxes a Spanish sourced income with the sole exception of salary income, which is also subject to tax in Spain. So if you have, um, if you have uh, foreign income uh, and irrespective of this is a salary income, if you have foreign income and this income has been generated in the US in this case, it will not be decided to tax in Spain. Um, on top of that, if you are under the regular regime, in principle, this could be subject to tax in Spain, but I assume that push into the treaty will be it will be only the US who will have uh, taxable rights over that kind of income. So, in principle, you should be right, but this is something to to review depending on the on the case. Exactly, and especially since, well, according to the definition of retirement funds and, and so on and pensions in Spain, exactly. it really applies to those who worked in public service. Am I correct? So you work for the government, you work for the state, and therefore the retirement fund, as well as the social security, would be pursuant to uh, 
public service. And in that case, it would be taxable, you know, then it won't be taxable in Spain. Am I correct in, in mm. briefly summarizing? Yeah, that's exactly right, right. We need to review yeah. which exactly. is the nature of pension because mm -hmm. it's not exactly the same in Spain. We have the public exactly. system in Spain. We also have the private system mm -hmm. in Spain with contributions to private, let's say, pension mm -hmm. schemes, as you were saying. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, needs to be, it needs to be analyzed in detail, Absolutely. depending on the nature. And this is so hotly debated. We, when I look at some of the comments, sometimes it's such an, yeah. a point of contention, but it's, it's just that from the US psyche, we don't understand how it is that it can be treated differently depending on where you work, but it is a fact and that's just the way it is. Okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving quickly to the next one. So Steve, I, I hope that answers all your questions. We just need to move on now. What is the difference between the tax regime under the new nomad visa and the tax regime under the Beckham law? Generally speaking, I'm sure there's a lot, but just top line. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. not a difference. I mean, okay. now under the Beckham regime, one of the alternatives in order to apply for the Beckham regime is that you qualify as a nomad visa. Before you could not apply uh, for the for the regime under that circumstance. Now it's being created this new visa, uh, mm -hmm. which is called the Nomad Visa, and you can mm -hmm. apply uh, for the Beckham regime if you had uh, made and you have uh, succeeded applying for this type of, of visa. So basically, as I was telling you before, I, Spain is looking to attract new talent to Spain, mm -hmm. and this is why they are creating new options in order to apply uh, for the Beckham regime. So it's, it's, it's the same. The nomad visa is a type of visa that allows you to to to, to reside in Spain, and mm -hmm. then once you reside in Spain, if you become a tax resident of Spain, you can apply for the Beckham regime through that route if you had uh, if you have your visa, mm -hmm. so long as you comply with thirteen requirements. But it's, it's the same. Right, but you know, so once you apply. In a way, you be you you are treated as if, even though you are a tax resident, you treat it as if you are not, and therefore it's not that your worldwide income would be subject to tax, but very specific sources of income. Uh, yeah, but so I'm I'm just thinking that the nomad, just from a process point of view, it appears, yeah. and and you guide me if I'm uh, if I'm mistaken, that the nomad visa route is more it's easier, and that with the Beckham rule, you'd need to have a, a an employer in Spain. So you need to go through working with a law firm, an accounting firm, to perhaps structure a company that then will pay you and and uh, that you cannot own, which you cannot own, of course, but. It seems like some sort of arrangements would be needed, whereas with the nomad route, those arrangements don't necessarily need to be in place. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there, there are different alternatives in order to apply for the Beckham regime. Uh, so you can go, I mean, if you go through the uh, employment route, let's say, uh, you can apply for the Beckham regime if you, if you become an employee of a Spanish company. You can also apply for the Beckham regime if you are an employee of a foreign entity and you are on an international assignment into Spain. Yes. Uh, therefore, it is your company that has, is assigning you into Spain with a letter of assignment to Spain. Mm -hmm. And you can also apply for the Beckham regime if you are a, a digital nomad, as you were saying, mm -hmm. uh, when you are relocated into Spain, even if, if your company is not 
instructing you to do so, but because you want to enjoy a weather or gastronomy or etc. Also, you can apply this. These are some routes. Uh, you have also the possibility to apply for the Beckham regime if you are the director, if you are the administrator of a Spanish company, uh, so long as this company is engaged in a business activity. Uh, in case not, uh, I mean, if you are the uh, director or administrator of a Spanish company, which is a passive holding entity, you cannot hold more than 25% of that entity. If it is active, uh, irrespective of your percentage of owners, uh, your percentage of ownership in that entity, you can apply for the regime. Also, you can apply for the regime if you are um, creating an entrepreneurial activity in Spain. Also, you can apply for the regime if you are a high-skilled professional who is rendering services to a startup in Spain. I mean, there is a range of different alternatives uh, wow. in order to to apply for for the Beckham regime. So, I, 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 the message. I would say is that there are different mm -hmm. alternatives depending on the profile of the client. We can explore the different alternatives to determine which one fits best because there are certain mm -hmm. requirements to apply. But uh, broadly speaking, now the regime is much more attractive because there are many more options to apply for, for the regime. And as you were saying before, I mean, once you have, once your uh, regime has been granted, it mm -hmm. is very, very efficient. I mean, uh, foreign source income is not subject to tax, irrespective mm -hmm. of the taxation rights that can be uh, can have the country of source of that uh, income, as opposed to Portugal, for example, to the Portugal non-habitual residence regime in Spain, irrespective of whether there are taxation rights in the country of source of, uh, of that income, Spain is not going to subject that, ta that income if it is of a foreign source. Mm -hmm. Also, irrespective of the of the type of income that you derive, for example, capital gains, it doesn't matter if they are, they are uh, long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains, as opposite to Italy, for example, uh, Spain is not going to tax them. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's quite attractive. Uh, uh, you need to do it well, but so yeah. long as you do it well, it's, it's, very, it's very attractive, I would say. Okay, fantastic. And segue to that, uh, the follow-up is, under the Beckham Law, and I, I think you've already answered this in part, but I, I'll still read it. Uh, you cannot directly own the company that's employing you in, in Spain. But uh, go ahead. No, uh, yeah. sorry, this is a, a tricky one. I mean, yeah. if you, uh, this is a tricky one. Uh, I mean, if you go through the, um, mm -hmm. before, before this change of the law, you could mm -hmm. not be the administrator, the director, of yeah. a company in Spain mm -hmm. if you held more than a 25% of that entity, okay? Now, you can be the director of that entity irrespective of, of your uh, percentage of ownership in, in the company, if that wow. company uh, can out a business activity. Right. You cannot be an employee of that company if you hold more than 13 levels of, of ownership in that company Mm -hmm. But because under Spanish labor law, uh, it is assumed that mm -hmm. you are not an employee of a company if you are not going, if you are, um, I mean, if you hold a, more than a 13 ownership in that company, because you are not going to fire yourself. <laughs> you are exactly. not considered to be a real employee. Yeah. But uh, it's an alternative to this, let's say, route, as you were saying before, 
you mm -hmm. can apply under the uh, under the uh, director or administrator uh, option or alternative. So I mean, this is covered now with the new regime. Right. So it's way easier now than before, which is a, a good news. Story. Way, 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 way yeah. easier. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so to file tax returns in Spain, can a tax team at the central office located in Madrid or Barcelona file returns for anyone located in any part of Spain, including some of the semi-autonomous regions, or do tax returns have to be done locally? Uh, sorry, can you say that again? Uh, uh, sure. So in terms of tax returns in Spain, can yeah. a team in a tax office uh, in Madrid or Barcelona, file tax returns for a resident in any part of Spain? Or yeah. do tax returns need to be done by tax teams no. qualified locally in your semi-autonomous region? No, it can, it can be submitted by the office in Barcelona, Madrid or Sevilla or whichever other location. Okay, so there's there are no circumstances. Uh, for example, if someone is up north in some of those semi-autonomous regions up north, where they'll need to it, have look. Well, I mean, that, that, that I'm talking about personal income tax. And, personal income tax, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, because there are some other local taxes or regional taxes, but I, I mean, uh, we at at, at TUA we can cover the whole Spanish territory. Perfect. That's wonderful. Right. How is well, I mean, this may be an involved answer as well. Well taxes. Can you talk to how well taxes are uh, calculated in the various regions? Because I believe that it is, it varies <laughs> by region, right? But I know, yeah. summarize a summary. Yeah. Yeah. A, a summary, yeah. I mean, two regimes. If you are under the general regime, mm -hmm. you are subject to tax on your worldwide uh, wealth, okay? But mm -hmm. then the different regions in Spain, they can apply rules. For example, in, in, in Madrid or in mm -hmm. Andalusia, there is an exemption to network mm -hmm. tax, full exemption, okay? Uh, also, uh, and I, I will talk now about a fortune tax that was created uh, uh, to, to avoid in practice the, the application of this exemption, okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, also there are some exemptions to taxation under the network tax. F for example, there is a minimum exemption that also depends on the region where you are resident of. Uh, also, the, your, um, the house that you are living is also exempted uh, from network tax. Mm -hmm. And also there is a limitation of the network tax that you have to pay uh, depending on the level of income that you have because Spain doesn't want that you have to pay to, to sell your assets in order to, to pay the net wealth tax. Mm -hmm. And also there is uh, an exemption to family uh, family businesses, okay? On top of that, uh, if you are under the Beckham regime, mm -hmm. uh, you are only subject to tax on your uh, Spanish, uh, or Spanish wealth. Foreign wealth is not subject to tax under the Beckham regime. Now, uh, for this year, uh, 2022 and 2023, those regions where the network tax uh, is exempted, uh, then the central government created this new, uh, this new tax called the fortune tax, which uh, was looking for um, to avoid this 
the applicability of these exemptions in these regions because they, I mean, the central government has is uh, is uh, governed by a different political party as mm, to those regions that created these exemptions. So they wanted to create the central uh, central uh, tax, uh, which I mean is quite controversial and that we at EY believe is against the constitutional principles. So now for this year, we have this tax, which is temporary. And mm. we believe, in fact, we are recommended our, our clients to claim against constitutionality of this tax. But this, this year, we have general elections in Spain and it is expected that this tax, this fortune tax doesn't, is, is eliminated. Mm, understood. So you mentioned that there's some regions without the, the wealth tax and that wealth tax, right? Exactly, yeah. Do you think, uh, I know I'm calling on you to speculate, but just do you, uh, there's a sentiment that those exclusions may not be long-term. What, what is your sense? Do you get a sense for Madrid and those other well, My sense for Madrid and for the, for the regions that are governed by the, by the political party that is expected to win the elections is that uh, they are, I mean, I don't know, but I, I believe that they are planning on including more and more exemptions. Because, for example, in Madrid, I mean, in Andalusia just incorporated this exemption this last year in November. But in the case of Madrid, they are making a lot of publicity uh, about re reduction of tax rates and, and taxes in general to attract investment into, into Madrid not only from abroad, but also from other regions in Spain. So, I mean, there is, a, I mean, there is this tendency to, to, to reduce taxes in those regions for sure. Which is good news for us. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, and again, I know that I'm calling on you to speculate, but you know, it's, it's good to get your perspective. At the level of the EU, so we know that at the EU level, there's a certain <laughs> level of, let's say, discomfort with the golden visa, right? Let's let's leave it like that. What what about the special tax regimes? Uh, do you get a sense that the EU doesn't like special tax regimes? And if so, what what is your forecast for what will happen with them? I don't expect. I mean, the 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 the, the Beckham regime has been very stable in time. It has just been, um, let's say, this uh, changes has just been uh, implemented and, um, and enacted and implemented. And I know that there are some, these, uh, let's say, these discussions in the European Union, as you were saying, because of the golden visa. But I think it, it is more uh, focused on the inflation that this might create. But uh, I mean, there is not. I mean, these rules apply irrespective of your level of wealth, irrespective of your level of income. This risk of inflation does not exist, I would say. You are only looking to attract people into Spain because you want, I mean, Spain wants to take advantage of the weather that we have, of the, I mean, the, the, the natural conditions, the quality of living that we have. And uh, yeah, as, as it can be done in other countries uh, that they attract other type of investors or other type of sources of income because you, they have like a very powerful, let's say, uh, funds industry or they have a very powerful city or whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, so long as you comply with 13 requirements to apply 
for it, I don't see this should be challenged in the near future. On the why, why I ask? Because, for example, I remember probably it's like 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember, where the Resnon Dom regime in London, when back in the days when the UK was a part of the EU, it was challenged by Brussels. And then they had to kind of backpedal and they introduced this deemed domicile rules. And then in more recently in Portugal under the NHR, you could have retired into Portugal and pensions tax free. And then under pressure from Brussels, again, they had to put in the 10% uh, minimum tax on foreign pensions. And then uh, yeah, there's I mean, some challenge, you know, so I ju I'm just seeing a trend and I'm just wondering if you've seen that trend or whether I'm being paranoid. I, I, I don't see the trend. It okay. can, of course, happen. It, okay. it can, of course, happen. But um, I mean, yeah. the, the mm -hmm. Beckham regime only applies for five plus one year. Okay, the year that you're mm -hmm. coming and five years more. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we as tax advisors, we cannot plan for more than two years mm -hmm. because yeah. rules change. Now, Spain is very yeah. attractive. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. And we will mm -hmm. see what happens in, in five years. What I don't see is that mm -hmm. once if you, you have applied for it, you will have mm -hmm. it granted for those five years or five mm -hmm. plus one year. That's for, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, because uh, that is how it goes. Then we will see on top mm -hmm. of that. I mean, in Spain, we also have like, this exemption to network tax that I expect mm -hmm. that it will be expanded in the future, depending on mm -hmm. the region. But I, I don't see that um, that this is going to be more burdensome in that in that regard regarding uh, wealth taxation. And also, mm -hmm. we also have a tax deferral schemes in, in Spain for 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 income. So mm -hmm. I mean, we can work on different solutions. Taxation should not be a stopper if you want to to come to Spain. I would say. Absolutely. Taxation is not going to be a showstopper. Uh, switching a bit from taxation to, to immigration, the, the golden visa, Andres, is, do you have any updates on what's going on with the golden visa or is it business as usual, nothing to worry about? Basically, here in Spain, it is, um, it is going as, as usual, basically. Mm -hmm. um, there are no further changes or there are no further expected changes, I would say. Of course, as we were mentioning before, the golden visas, they are scrutinized and there is some, some, sometimes some pressure from the EU, mm -hmm. um, which is something that, that we have to face and we have to, to engage all possible stakeholders to explain that, you know, the benefits of these kind of programs in order to attract foreign direct investment, in order to attract talent from overseas. And then at the end of the day, that kind of people that, that we work here with Helian Partners, then they normally, then they end up moving and then they end up being tax residents here in the country and mm -hmm. then they end up paying their taxes here. It is not something that, um, you know, uh, a scheme or a market scheme or anything, the checks, they are very high as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of Spain, there are no, 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 no further changes, um, at least anywhere soon. Okay, business as usual. So staying staying on the, the theme of the golden visa, the next question I have, this this gentleman, he has, okay, so he's broken it into four. I'll start with the first part. I'm a, I'm a resident of Spain on a work permit that expires in six months. My wife is a Spanish citizen and I, I guess he's American, have invested in property who's, and the value of the property is in excess of the 500K euro threshold. If I'm already resident, am I able to convert to a golden visa before my current work permit expires? Yeah, that's that's possible. 
-hmm. However, we need to check very carefully on how the property purchase has been made. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, who has bought the property, the economical regime of the of the marriage at the time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are a few things that need to be checked, but that is possible indeed. Okay. His follow-up question is: Is the requirement of five hundred thousand euros in cash invested, or total property value? Or sorry, or total property value? Oh, okay. So basically, um, in terms of the investment in real estate, uh, which is what what they're referring as, you know, there are three ways of applying for the golden visa: three qualifying investments, half yeah. a million euros in real estate, one million euros mm -hmm. in financial assets. Uh, bank deposit, term deposit, finance, um, investment funds, and two millions on government bonds. But this one, which is the first, the investment needs to be half a million euros in real estate. That mm. half a million euros can be in one or more properties. And mm. if, for example, it's a property of one million euros and the applicant basically purchase, basically put half a million in cash and the rest comes with a mortgage, that's fine. As long mm. as there is an effective cash injection in the real estate market, let's say, by buying a property or several properties of half a million euros, the applicant is fine. Okay, wonderful. Last question. Is an elderly parent considered a dependent with the Golden Visa? And if so, what documentation is required for them to be sponsored? Okay, so basically, dependents on the Golden Visa, they are the spouse of the main applicant, children dependent. Mm -hmm. um, under 18 years old and over 18 years old with no age limits, as long as they are financially dependent on the main applicant and going to this question, parent dependents, which need to be over the age of 65 years old, they need to be retired and or financially dependent. Um, the proof, it will depend to very honest with you on each particular mm -hmm. case and on each particular jurisdiction. So mm -hmm. what we normally say to our clients, it is, uh, yes, they qualify. Is it over 65 years old? Yes. Is it retired? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, okay, let me know. Let me check more information from the parent dependent. Let me see how his or her pension um, looks like, you know, does receive a pension, does not. Many different questions that go to the particular case. But going to the to the to the question itself, yes, they mm -hmm. do. Generally speaking, yes, they do qualify. Okay, fantastic. Uh, another immigration type question uh, from Sanjay. Sanjay, you you gave too much too many personal details in in your question, so I, I need to anonymize it a bit. Uh, That's fine. So, a member of his family has uh, a Tahita communitaria, right? And they've stayed out of the country for quite a number of years and it's expired. Is So what's the process? So I'm just kind of summarizing it. So a lot of personal yeah. details. So, um, so what is the process for renewing it in order to return or before returning it? What, what's the process for renewing it, if, if, if at all? Okay. So basically, I understand that um, St. Jay's have an EU um, risk card here in Spain, and then went out of Spain for whichever time it was, and it was expired. So if he wants to renew it, if he has a qualified investment here in Spain, he will be able to renew it, provided certain conditions are met. Again, we need to check it. We need to check mm -hmm. the file and see what it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. If he does not have a qualified investment, um, he can either look at 
making a qualifying investment and apply for a golden visa. He can apply mm -hmm. for a digital nomad. Mm -hmm. um, if he's going to relocate and live here in Spain under a digital nomad or under a golden visa, we need to look at the tax position and eventually apply with a, to the Beckham's regime, looking at Aurelio there, basically, because that's something that really we don't do. Um, and uh, that, that would be the solution. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for that. Uh, next question from Ryan. So I'm an American and I have the right to work in Spain. I plan to work as an autonomo here and plan to charge some clients via my Spanish bank account, but may charge other clients via my American bank account. Is it possible to do this and simply claim all income uh, in the Spanish account in Spain and not the ones in the US, uh, Aurelio? Uh, it's a obvious, but yeah. Hey, yeah. So, comments, sorry? No, no, sorry. Yeah, you can charge uh, whatever you want. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the taxation, uh, that's not, I mean, it's not connected with the, with the way you charge your, your fees. Right. So, so generally speaking, and again, you commented a lot on tax status earlier. So, if it is that you are a regular tax resident, you're charging your worldwide income, regardless of where you receive it. It doesn't matter, right? But if it is your yeah, perspective of the way you receive it, I mean, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the income, the triggering of the income is different to the cash, let's say, flow. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're under one of the, if you're under the special tax regime, either as a nomad or back law, then, then there could be some bifurcation of the income. So you report to Spain what is generated in Spain and what is generated outside. Is not reported. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you have to to to, to pay attention and determine which is, is a Spanish source income and which is mm -hmm. foreign foreign source income. I'm assuming that he's a professional, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so because I mean, if you are uh, if you're, that kind of income qualifies as salary income rather than professional income, then irrespective of the country of origin of that uh, income, that yeah. will be subject to tax in Spain under the Beckham regime. So it should be analyzed mm -hmm. in detail to check whether or not we are we, we are compliant with the Beckham regime. In any case, I'm not sure if we are, if he's going to be capable to apply for the Beckham regime under that scheme. But this is something to to analyze in detail. Okay. All right, Ryan. We hope that answers your question. Moving on, uh, Mashenka. So good day. Um. Okay, I'm in the early stages of researching residency in Spain. One of the areas I'm interested in is whether you can invest and get residency in Spain by investing through my own company. So uh, Mashenka has their own company. So Andres, is, what are the nuances between in, investing as an individual as opposed to investing through one's company? Yeah, so basically that is perfectly possible if the applicant has his company, which is located in any jurisdiction, which is not tax haven, basically, yeah. um, mm -hmm. he can make the investment in Spain um, and apply for the for the Spanish residence by investment, provided that he is the UBO of the company. So basically he has 51% plus of um of the shares of that company and can it has the control basically of the company so can appoint and resign directors um 
There are certain things. So basically the investment that is going to be made by the company. And then when the application that is submitted to the government, uh, we need to show proof at the end of the day that he's the UBO of that business, of that company, of that business structure. Sometimes you have, you know, your holding company, your trading company that is buying and selling property in the US and that basically buys a property in Spain. And we just need to show the connection between the trade co and the whole co. Okay, fantastic. All right, I hope that answers your question. Moving down, Todd. Todd has four, five questions. Todd has five questions. I don't know if we can get into all of them. The first one is about regional variation of the wealth tax outside of the new solidarity tax. Uh, seems as though Madrid and Andalusia have none, and perhaps Murcia has joined them. What about other regions? Aurelio, I think you've commented on this before. Do, do you want to say a few words? Yeah. Yeah, I think the trend is that in those regions where the Partido mm -hmm. Popular, which is the the, 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 the the political party that is in opposition right now, uh, governs, mm -hmm. uh, I think that the trend will be that they will include full or, or partial exemptions to network tax. Also, this party is expected to win the general elections. This is why... I'm optimistic in, in this regard, let's say. But uh, let's see, let's see how it goes. Okay. And his second question, do IRA, so this is US individual retirement accounts. Do they count in the wealth tax calculation? Seems, he's, he's saying that it, it seems not to have been counted before, but now it needs to be included in the calculation. Do you have any comments on that? Your, uh, your meaning the, the account where you are, let's say, collecting your, your pension, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So in the U.S., we have these, you you know, together with your employer and employee-employee contributions into a fund and you draw down yeah. on it during retirement. Yeah. Private. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's included. I mean, again, it depends on, mm -hmm. on the regime that you are subject uh, mm -hmm. to. I mean, under the regular regime you are subject mm -hmm. to, to network tax on your net uh, uh, worldwide wealth mm -hmm. under the Beckham regime you are always subject to tax on your Spanish uh, wealth so mm -hmm. uh, in the second case you will not decide to they will be exempt not included in your taxable base and uh, in the first one you will also I mean that these uh, exemptions depending on the region uh, apply uh, next one from Todd. Uh, he, re, he's asking about regional variations in inheritance taxes. He says it seems that Madrid and Andalusia have none, but other regions do have inheritance taxes. Do you want to comment on inheritance taxes? Yeah, he, he knows more taxes than myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in, in Spain, uh, I mean, inheritance tax also is, is a... Is a tax that is seized to the autonomous uh, regions. So, uh, I mean, the rules depend if you are uh, subject to inheritance or you are subject to gift tax. Uh, if it is, if you are subject to inheritance, it is the law applicable in the, in the region where the person who passes away that applies. On the contrary, if you are, uh, if you are if we are talking about a gift, is the, the person receiving the gift, the rule that is applicable to, to that gift, to that donation, unless you are gifting a real estate, okay? So as, as he was saying, uh, in Madrid, you have uh, almost a full exemption 
to inheritance and give tax. In Andalusia, you have the same, but it only applies to, to um, inheritance between uh, fathers and, and sons. I mean, vertical. It's also Spanish in Madrid to a collateral. Uh, but yeah, I mean, different rule. This is it, it depends on the region. And again, there are exemptions, reductions, different tax rates applicable depending on the on the link existing between the, the, the parties. And also um, what I was going to say, uh, the exemption regarding the, the your house and the family business. Mm, okay, interesting. And I know even in most jurisdictions, the whole idea of inheritance and uh, transfer taxes is a very specialized space as opposed to income taxes. So yeah, the, uh, the, the, the good thing, I mean, the good thing about Spain regarding inheritance tax is that, for example, as opposite to, to other countries in Latin America, for example, in Spain, once you inherit it or you receive a gift from some any from a person, mm -hmm. uh, then you get a fair market value basis on those assets. Okay. Mm. So, for example, it's a good opportunity for tax planning if you want to anticipate an inheritance. Yes. You can give part of your wealth to your kids if they are resident in Spain and they are residing in Andalusia or in Madrid because mm -hmm. it will be exempted from tax and and you will get fair market value basis. So mm. uh, that's a fantastic planning. Mm. Yeah, this, we have a similar situation in the US where we get what we call a step up in basis. So exactly. it's kind of familiar. And right. So he's asking any difference in inheritance tax calculation between what we leave for our kids, so one step down, and he's making the point that all of his assets are in the U.S., not in Spain. So what his what he's leaving for his kids and what his parents leave for him. So yeah, uh, would there be uh, any difference uh, in the calculations? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, uh, as opposite to the U.S. here in Spain, in case of an inheritance, it's the head, the 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 contributor. It's not the state. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but the rules applicable are, I mean, assuming that uh, you are, uh, I mean, that the parties involved in the, in the pass away, <laughs> I mean, the person mm -hmm. who passes away and the, and the heir, they are both Spanish. Mm -hmm. the, the contributor is the heir, but the rules applicable are the ones applicable in the region where the person that passes away lives. Okay, for example, mm. if I'm if I'm the heir here and I'm, I live in Malaga in Andalusia, and my father who lives in Madrid, he passes away, I'm the taxable person, but the rule applicable is the one applicable to my father in the region where my father lives. Mm. Okay, so I will apply the exemptions applicable in Madrid. On the contrary, if I receive a gift from my father, from my father, it will be my rule, the one mm -hmm. that applies because it is a rule applicable to the donee rather than the donor, you right. know? But again, you, when you yeah. have like people residing in different jurisdictions, you have like different rules applicable. It's a bit mm -hmm. tricky, but it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not difficult, I would say. Wonderful. And the last question from Todd, number five, are there any significant differences by region in how IRAs, so individual retirement accounts in the US, how those IRA distributions will be taxed? No. No, it's taxed on a regional basis. Okay, fine. Okay, moving down. Victor, 
Okay, so we come to Victor Quest. I have a question. Okay, I have a question regarding rental properties in Spain. How are rental properties from the US tax when I'm residing in Spain? Uh, so for example, are expenses deductible? For example, property taxes, maintenance, or whatever. Uh, so, but you have a property in Spain and no. you are resident for so he's Sorry. he's so from what I'm get, get gathering, Victor's resident in Spain, but he has okay. rental properties in the US. He has a portfolio of rental properties back in the US. So he's yeah. wondering how is it going to be taxed in Spain? Is it net rental income or gross rental income? Yeah. Net rental income. It'll be net. So he gets to deduct his expenses. Okay. I mean, right. again, again, if you are under the Beckham regime, you are not subject to tax mm -hmm. because it's foreign income. If you are under the regular uh, tax regime, you can net some expenses, mm -hmm. some of them. You okay. also can apply for some reductions depending on the age of your tenant. And, right. Um, I mean, they, I mean, it can, you can reduce a lot, like the taxable base. Right. So that's, in fact, his follow-up question. So Victor went on to ask, and he knows that in Spain, there's some deductions. So 50s. 50%, 70%, 90%, for example, if it's rented mm. to young tenants between 18 and 35, 70% uh, of the net rent won't be taxed. So I, this, so you're saying that this would be applicable to US rental properties as well? Yeah, because I mean, when you are Spanish, you are, you are starting to tax mm. on your worldwide income. Yes. So the same. Principle. So I mean, the same, yeah. sorry, so the same rules apply respective of the location of the, of the asset, you know? That, 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 I mean, it will be a question of, of proving that you are eligible to apply for those, those uh, reductions. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So switching again, so I'm going through a whole new list of questions. So Kieran is asking, and Andres, this is, is an immigration piece, I think. Can you explain the whole process and the requirement to get Spanish citizenship as an American. So I guess he's done enough time in Spain and he's thinking about the Spanish citizenship. Could you talk to the process, Andres? Yeah, it's just basically very, very simple without. So the Spanish law requires that uh, regularly, so basically, generally speaking, a person effectively lives in Spain for a period of 10 years. There are exceptions to that, uh, which are um, nationals from either American countries. So basically, Mexico, Cuba, Puerto Rico, downwards to the to the south cone, um, Equatorial Guinea, Portugal, Andorra, and uh, and the Philippines. Those nationals, after residing effectively in Spain, they they can apply for uh, a Spanish citizenship. However, Spain um, for a U.S. Uh, citizen. Mm -hmm. That the person would need to live in Spain uh, for 10 years effectively, and then once obtained Spanish nationality, would need to renounce to their US citizenship. They need to so, renounce. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Wow. So only the technically speaking, that is that is basically like that. Only those nationals from Mexico, Iberoamerica, downwards, so basically as I mentioned before. Uh, mm -hmm. Portugal, Andorra, Equatorial Guinea, and the Philippines, uh, mm -hmm. they are allowed to keep their second nationality. Wow. Renunciation. Yeah, that that that'd be a big step. Okay. Okay, Kieran, I hope that answers your question. Uh, going back to tax, and Nia is asking, 
Okay, so my sister is interested in moving to Spain. She's, she's selling some of her assets back in the US. What will be the best uh, investment structure to have for her US assets so that they, they, the tax rate or the tax burden in Spain would be lower? So and I guess in terms of asset classes, should, should it be invested in like a investment, uh, like a mutual fund or rental properties because they seem to be quite tax efficient? What's the best, in, what's the best asset class to hold foreign assets in the U.S. from a Spain point of view? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it depends. It, it depends on the on the asset that you want to invest in. Uh, it depends on whether you apply for the backend regime or not. It depends mm -hmm. on your needs of mm -hmm. cash and of the nature yeah. of of, this, of of the investment. I mean, I would say it, it, it depends. Um, and it has to be seen with both eyes. I mean, the, the U.S. tax advisor eyes, which mm -hmm. we have a team over there as well, and also from, a, from our point of view. I mean, in Spain, we have uh, different tax deferral schemes that apply mm -hmm. irrespective of whether you are not uh, subject to the special tax regime. But I would say it, it, it depends. It depends. Uh... Lisa, okay, so I'm still on the taxes. If we file taxes in the US first, because they're due first, obviously, do mm -hmm. we have to pay the US first because of currency exchange rates and then pay the balance uh, in euros? So, and I'm not sure, Lisa, I'm not sure what you're asking, but essentially, if I could, you know, just throw in some comments before Aurelia, you can chime in. Uh, I think that the U.S. team and the team that's doing your Spain Spanish returns should be working in concert with each other. And yes, the U.S. returns may be, you can get an extension to file the U.S. returns, but some sort of back of the envelope calculation may be needed because the payment deadline is still, well, it was earlier this week. So I think we need to the US team needs to work in tandem with the Spain because even though the Spanish returns aren't due until later, if some sort of estimate can be given, then it could feed into the Form 1116. So you'll get a better sense as to what the US tax bill would be, if any, and get that settled first and then file the return later on once the actual Spanish returns have been filed. Uh, really, do, do you want to comment on that? The coordinating across jurisdictions and the oh, compliance I fully agree with what you are saying. We will mm -hmm. need to to work together together with them yeah. and seeing if they have applied for an extension or not. If mm -hmm. the, the taxes are effectively being paid or not. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So Arthur is asking: Can income from a UK pension uh, come? He says come under the Beckham law. So I guess what what he's implying means excluded. Would it be excluded under the Beckham law? UK pensions? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, generally, broadly speaking, I would say yes, because mm -hmm. Spain, under the special tax regime, it expressly state, stated that the income that is generated out of Spain and prior to your change of tax receiving is not subject to tax in Spain. 
but I would like to check uh, whether this qualifies as a pension scheme for mm. Spain or not, because I mean, there are different rules here exactly. in Spain. Pension industry yeah. in the UK is much more developed than in, in Spain. You have, they have like different type yeah. of pensions. They do not qualify as a pension. Exactly. And that's so Brits have the same uh, challenges as Americans to understand yeah. that in Spain, pensions have a very specific definition. Whereas exactly. in, in the UK and the US, it's all of this could be a pension. In Spain, it's no. very specific. <laughs> no, in Spain, it's not like that. In fact, what we yeah. basically do when we are treating mm. like foreign pension schemes, we make this uh, comparability test. Mm saying okay if you meet this let's say checks you are considered mm -hmm. to be a pension for spanish tax purposes because we assimilate that pension to a spanish pension scheme otherwise we treat it as a as an, a financial investment which in this case we will be fine under the beckham regime because of a uh, foreign um let's say um financing investment will generally be exempted from taxation under the beckham regime but still, I want to analyze whether this could be considered as a, as a salary if we are talking about uh, um, employment uh, pension uh, scheme. Okay. And, and staying with the theme of the, the Beckham regime, if someone is an EU citizen, so not an American, not a Brit, but an EU citizen, and they move to Spain, can they also enjoy the Beckham regime? Yeah. Yeah, that the only thing is that uh, you will generally uh, have, uh, I mean, we, you will generally not need for, for a visa, but Andres can, can further explain this. Uh, but yeah, you can apply for, for the Beckham regime, so long as you have not been resident in Spain for, the, for tax purposes in the prior five, five years. Uh, again, sticking with the Beckham regime. So Maria, Maria is asking, is it sufficient cause to be the director of a company to be eligible for the Beckham regime now? Or does being a director in itself imply moving to Spain? Couldn't that position be exercised from outside of Spain? I guess she's asking, but commenting. Aurelio? Well, first of all, you need to become a tax resident in Spain in order to apply for the Beckham regime. So uh, you will need yeah. to meet the in criteria Spain. in order to, 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 to get the Spanish tax residency. Once mm -hmm. you are considered to be resident for tax purposes in Spain, either because mm -hmm. you spend more than 195 days in Spain or your center of economic interest is in Spain, you can apply for the Beckham regime. And mm -hmm. one of the routes to apply for it is, is that you become the administrator, the director of a, of a company that carries out a business activity. What we need here, and in all cases regarding the vacant regime application, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that there is a link uh, between the change of tax residency and the compliance with the requirements to apply for the regime. Meaning that it must, I mean, becoming the administrator of an operating entity, becoming an employee, et cetera, et cetera, must be the reason why you're, you are changing the tax residency into mm -hmm. Spain. There must be this link. This is why you can only apply the first year that you get tax residency and you have some time limitations in order to, to be able to apply for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, hope that makes sense. So Lisa is asking, so in terms of filing your tax returns in Spain, 
So she's referring to U.S. tax documents, W-2s, 1099s. So they, I guess she's asking about, I'm trying to paraphrase what she's saying, the exchange rate. Who determines what exchange rate to use to convert U.S. dollars into euros? We, we are, I mean, it, it depends, <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, it depends on the although it's... Yeah. I mean, it can it can sound like an excuse, mm. but it depends depending on the on the asset that you are holding. Different rules depending to the to the exchange rates uh, applicable to the income derived from those assets. For example, in the if you are transferring um, collective investment uh, uh, funds, if you are in, uh, transferring funds, there are some rules specifically applicable to the calculation of the of the exchange rate applicable to that potential capital gain. Mm -hmm. If you are uh, deriving uh, income from a different source, generally you would apply the exchange rate applicable in the, in, the, in the date when you collect that type of income. If you are, for example, deducting your, uh, you are applying double um, uh, international uh, double deduction, then mm -hmm. you will apply the tax rate applicable in the day that you pay your taxes in the US. So there are different rules. Okay, understood, understood. And on that note, we've just crossed the one hour mark. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for sharing your time and your deep expertise. Aurelio, if someone wants to reach out to you to engage your firm to get into some of these issues, what's the best way to reach you? As they prefer, I can share my contact details with you, my, my email, my phone, and I'm, yeah. I will be generally available to ask, Could to it, respond to any questions they might have. Do, okay, do, are you okay to call, to call out your email address here so someone can hear it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, so you typed it below. So I'm not seeing it yet. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing it. it. It didn't pop up. Could you could you read it out? Because there's some people who will hear this and they won't be able to see it. Mm. Could you spell it out? <laughs> uh, yeah, is a, a can you see it now? Because I, I'm seeing the comments. It's the comments are just scrolling pretty quickly on, on my side, uh, but okay. I'm not it's, I'm not seeing it. Oh yeah, it, it just finally popped up. So Aurelio, okay. so that's A U R E L I O, Aurelio, as it sounds. So Nuno Girado <laughs> at es.ey.com. That's Aurelio, spell it like it sounds. Dot Nuno Girado at es. Dot ey com. Okay, fantastic. And Andres, what's the best way for someone to reach you to talk about immigration stuff? Brilliant. Thank you very much, uh, Darren. Let me just put my contact details here, email or phone. It is more than fine. Okay, fantastic. And again, for those who will be hearing this and they can't see, so you'd want to reach out to Andres at Henley and Partners. So that's Andres, A-N-D-R-E-S dot Gutierrez at henleyglobal.com that's andres.gutierrez at henleyglobal.com gentlemen thank you very much for your time and we will see you next time bye-bye
Thank you, Deborah. Until next time. Thank you, Aurelio. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.